Welcome to Market Scale Retail. I'm Sean Heath, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Nicole Leinbach Ryla. She is the founder of Retail Minded and the Independent Retailer Conference, and she's also an author of Retail 101 The Guide to Managing and Marketing Your Retail Business. Nicole, thanks so much for taking the time today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I have to say, I like buying stuff. So this is conversations really going to work out really well for me. I'm always fascinated by the the person to person aspect of retail. So let's start off on the personal side. What is it about retail that just captured your imagination? And that was the only thing that you knew you were going to do? What a great question. You know, the path to purchase is so distinctly different for everyone. And I think that has always resonated with me. I've always been curious about the consumer experience in retail, but also the personalized experience that retailers have the opportunity to give as well. So growing up, I grew up outside of Chicago in a town called Libertyville. And there was this really dynamic main street with such a community oriented vibe, if you will. And I remember it wasn't just an opportunity or a place for me to go purchase something as a little girl with my family or specifically my mother or friends, depending on the day, but rather it was an experience. And I think that that really set the tone for my entire career in the retail space because it showed me that commerce is more than about just spending and receiving, but rather it's about an opportunity to engage and connect and experience and remember and of course gain as well through the actual exchange of you know money for goods but it's very dynamic and that's always kept me so fascinated one thing that really has interested me as i look back on purchases that i have made i don't always remember the thing that i bought but boy i sure remember a good experience isn't that the truth i a hundred percent agree with you and if, uh, good friends of mine, Kaiser and Bender, I don't know if you guys ever heard of them, but they're fantastic retail thought leaders. And they always say shoppertainment is what is most memorable in that experience. And I agree with them because you are being entertained when you shop. So even if you forget what you bought, you will remember that experience or not. Maybe it's easily dismissible. So you start out as a youngster in Chicago. And you spent time with Franco Sarto Footwear. You also worked with Adidas America. You focus on retail as a worldwide concept. What was it that made you realize that? Because that's really a very uh, perceptive way to approach this concept. Well, for the same reason that the path to purchase is no longer linear for a consumer, you know, a customer can begin their journey in a conversation with friends. And that could, you know, provoke them to want to buy something later online. And that online purchase may be something that ultimately ships to them from Canada or from China, right? And they could be in the middle of Denver, Colorado, where I am right now. So commerce at large is no longer a local marketplace business, but rather a global business. And we could fool ourselves to believe that it's not or that it be changed. But the reality is, is that the products sold within stores, if you actually look at where it's made, where it's sourced, where it's from, that's part of that retail experience. And very, very rarely are those products uniquely from either an immediate demographic area or even a regional area, right? They're, they're most often from around the world, various touch points. And I think that as a retailer, we have to recognize that as our reality. 
And even though we can support shop small and supporting local, which I do 110%, we still need to understand the dynamics of the products sold in retail and how consumers purchase in retail. As the world starts to lean a little more towards online shopping, tell me a little bit about how to intelligently balance the emotional fulfillment I can get from a person-to-person interaction and how the online industry needs to approach and embrace that same need for emotional fulfillment during a transaction. What a great question, because, you know, as consumers, we react to emotion in our lives, but also through our purchase experience. And and for online retailers in particular, this is really important to understand because it allows them to gain stronger retention from their customers, as well as gain those first-time customers as well, which is so important. And they can do that by by connecting and resonating with their target audience through what's happening right now. In other words, Look around. Is there a a festive holiday coming up? Is there something um, playing out in the media that's generating a lot of conversation? How can you leverage these things to benefit your business? Often it means um, moving your product categories online or shifting merchandising where it lands on your homepage versus some of the secondary pages so that it, you know, is popped right in front of your customer attention sooner than later. Of course, in combination with other digital efforts, social media, email marketing, these are ways you can communicate with your customer and and do so on an emotional level. And you want to make sure you're looking at the habits of your customers too. I mean, the one thing nowadays that retailers online and offline have more so than ever before is access to data. And data is only valuable if you actually review it and react to it. And too often, online retailers are dismissing the value that data delivers to them because they're simply gaining it, but they're not reacting to it. And you can react to the behaviors of your customers, which allows you to see their emotional actions and other actions for that matter. So I would encourage retailers to make sure they're they're using that as well, whether again, all those touch points, social media, email marketing, digital, online, on their websites, where are your clicks coming from? How long are they staying on the page? What's driving them to action? When are they leaving your shopping cart and why? You know, this is going to give you a lot of insight. You know, I think sometimes that the online retailers can fall into the trap of it's a numbers game and it's really just about churn and transactional frequency. And maybe they lose touch with that true customer interface that, for example, a mom and pop shoe store has on Main Street, you know, any town USA. But there are some online marketers, uh, Warby Park is one that comes to mind. They realize the importance of feet on the street. They realize the importance of being able to gauge their customers wants and needs in a physical space. And ultimately, I think that probably builds a much stronger brand loyalty. You know what I love about Warby Parker? Because they're a great example to reference here. They actually started with this fantastic online experience and then went into the brick and mortar experience, right? And I had the um, opportunity to actually hear from one of the founders of Warby Parker at the Internet Retailer Conference and Expo this past June. It took place in Chicago. And one of the things he shared with us was that they're looking at their local marketplace very distinctly and uniquely to say, hey, how can we create an experience that's going to resonate uniquely to your audience? In other words, I'm not going to do what I'm doing in Chicago, the same as I'm doing in Denver, the same as I'm doing in Los Angeles or Seattle or New York. 
I'm going to get local artisans to help create art for my space. I'm going to look at what the general trends and the general, you know, vibe is of this unique city. And I'm going to create stores that cater to your unique audience in this local marketplace. And I think any retailer can learn from that because across all touch points, we might say, ooh, online is just that, it's online. But the reality is, is your customers vary from around the world, no matter who they are. So you really need to look at the fine print details and say, how can I communicate with this audience? And then separate, how can I communicate with that audience? Well, you are definitely building a reputation as someone who has a deep understanding of the concept of omni-channel. The thing that I find so fascinating about your approach to that is you are already thinking globally. You don't limit your perspective to just where you are physically. Is there anything you can tell me about without giving away any secrets? Well, I'm very excited because as, as you've explained, retail isn't just within one space. It is a global opportunity. So my next book will actually be discussing international retail, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I have a few other fun projects along the way that will be revealed sooner than later as well. So it's an opportunity for anybody, no matter where they are, to leverage a global commerce experience. Now, you are going to have the Independent Retailer Conference in Las Vegas, right, during ASD Market Week? That's coming up. Sure is. It'll be July 29th through August 1st. It's a biannual conference that we hold on-site at ASD Market Week, which has 45,000-plus attendees, so we're always very excited for that. So if anybody wants to maybe hear you accidentally reveal a secret about your thoughts internationally, that might be a place they could go? That absolutely is a place they can go, yes. And that's asdonline.com. They can find out about the show as well as the conference and gain access to not just myself, but over the course of four days, there are over 100 educational sessions with fantastic industry leaders there. And they're all complimentary. That's a big deal. Do you ever get stage fright when you go to these things? <laughs> um, no, ironically, I, I don't. I'm very fortunate. I've, I actually taught college for 10 years. Can you believe that? And as an adjunct faculty, Columbia College in Chicago, and I look at any audience as just an opportunity to share and engage and educate. And I probably gained that from my years teaching college. The passion that you have probably drives away any fear. You're so excited about this thing. You're so compelled to share that fear, I guess, doesn't show up anywhere in the list. Nope. Fear is not there. But you know what I am scared of? I'm scared of heights. <laughs> so everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, right? <laughs> so long as I don't have you give, you know, a talk at the top of the Eiffel Tower, you're probably good. We're okay. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. As a general rule, I've always felt that retail was very cultural, but it's hyper local. As you mentioned, you wouldn't hold a show with the same dynamics in Denver that you would in Charleston, South Carolina. You just wouldn't. It wouldn't work. Are there two or three general principles in retail that transcend local economies? I would say that knowing your audience, I mean, right there, we have to consider that, right? Know your audience. That is something in any market you can aim to understand. Also know your competitors. Who are your local competitors? Um, because that's going to impact the foot traffic that will or will not come into your immediate business as well. The other thing I would say is understand um, current marketplace trends as well as like national and even global trends as well, because you could be the first in your marketplace to deliver on something that you know typically you've seen 
maybe fall from a bigger city. Let's say it's happening in New York and you have the opportunity to be the first to bring it into Charleston, right? So these are all various ways that you can strengthen your experience um, and get to know your non-competitive but like-minded com- neighbors. In other words, who are the businesses within your community that you don't share a competitive streak with, but rather you have a like-minded audience of consumers with? And figure out ways you can work together and leverage each other's audiences to build your own brands as well. A big challenge, I think, would be to maintain your unique presence in a collaborative marketplace. Absolutely. You have to be able to stand out while still maintaining a degree of flexibility or is there such thing as I wanted to say that you had to maintain a universal appeal, but is that is it possible to have a universal appeal or are you better served, as you mentioned, finding your market and serving that market the best that you can? Yeah, you know, I personally don't think that you need to have a universal appeal. Very, very few brands or retailers specifically need to have that most benefit from understanding a target audience and then aiming to capture that target audience's dollars, right? So that said, your audience will change and adjust over time. So I think any business needs to be proactive enough and realistic enough to be like, hey, what is relevant right now for my business may not be relevant six months or even a year or even five years because universally things might be changing and globally things could be changing and you know that trickles down into their local marketplace but at the very core they need to understand who that audience is and cater to that audience all right so for the last question today i'm giving you an unlimited budget you yourself are building a pop-up it's going to last for one week anywhere in the world what items are you carrying in nicole's pop-up what a great question i think i'm going to go Feeling the love for World Cup right now, I think I'm going to go with something sports-oriented, bringing a global sport product experience to my hometown of Denver Marketplace, because this is a very athletic, active community here. So I think that a lot of the residents in Denver and the tourists in Denver as well, because it's a big tourist town, would, would engage in that type of experience. Well, I'll keep an eye out on the internet to see that pop up because I have a feeling <laughs> that you are definitely a person, if you get an idea in your head and it seems logical, that you probably always make it happen. I want to thank you for taking the time to make this conversation happen today. I know how incredibly crazy it must be getting prepared for your uh, show in Vegas, and I just really do appreciate you finding time in your schedule to talk to me today. Today, I have had the pleasure of having a conversation conversation with Nicole Leinbach Ryla. She's the founder of Retail Minded and the Independent Retailer Conference. And she's also the author of Retail 101, the guide to managing and marketing your retail business. Nicole, thank you so much. This has been really neat. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.